Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, a podcast dedicated to educating the Latino community about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. Yo, what's going on, Latin Wealth family? Welcome to another episode to Wealth Wednesday, the best. <laughs> I'm going to say it right now. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't mean to laugh, but no, this is, this is the best investing show for Latinos out there, hands down. Why? Because we're consistent, number one. Number two, we give you our perspective from a Latino's perspective. And number three, I'm just going to go ahead and say we got Jeremiah on the call, right? Jeremiah is is, is one of them one of them ones when it comes to was, financial literacy, when it comes to... I was switching to, to that point. I was switching <laughs> to that point. But, 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 but yeah. <laughs> Come on, bro. Don't play. Nah, you know, I got... I Honestly, bro, I got to give you... And, and we joke a lot and, you know, we laugh and whatnot, but I do got to give you your flowers because, um, first off, being consistent. Second off, you know, there's a lot of things that you've spoken about on this podcast platform that other people have ended up speaking about later on. And uh, it just shows that we're onto something. It shows that you are doing your due, due diligence, you're doing your research, and you actually care about what you're talking about because you're coming on here and you're talking about things that other people are not speaking about. So, Hats off to you. Thank you. I want to give you your flowers um, as we're recording. Didn't mean to laugh at the beginning, but, you know, we just be joking around sometimes. But I, that, I, that's serious. That's serious. I appreciate you, bro. I always, and it's funny because you returned it on me this time. Because, you know, I'm always trying to give you yours. And you always, just yeah. Like this guy. So, yeah. no, I appreciate that, bro. I yeah, do appreciate not, yeah, I mean that. I mean that. So, with that being said, we're going to have a great episode today. We got a couple great topics we're going to jump into but before we do that, you know, uh, I just gave him his flowers. But besides that, Jeremiah, how are you feeling today, man? How are you doing? I'm feeling energized, bro. Um, honestly, because I feel like today's topics, it's something that, well, you're going to talk about it. I'll let yeah. you talk about the topics, but I'm excited about today's topics because I feel like we've both been giving flowers to each other, but it's time to give flowers to somebody that's yeah that's up their game a little bit. So I'll let you talk about it. But yeah, I'm excited today. Energized. Yeah, so... And the people we're talking about specifically are our Latina sisters out there, our Latina women. Um, and we're going to dive into this topic towards the end of the episode. So stay tuned. Listen to the whole thing. Um, long story short, they've been killing it in the investing space. If we want to give them their flowers, then we want to have a conversation about some of the things that they're doing. Um, also going to talk about a conference that I went to in New York. Um, I was part of a panel um, called Breaking Into Wealth with other uh, black and brown creatives on there, which was phenomenal. So we're going to hit on that. But before we hit on all those topics, man, you know, Jeremiah and I were talking before we hit record. And, you know, he's um, he's a leader, entrepreneur. Um, he has a team of people that he's surrounded himself with, right? And I was just curious, man, like what what are some things or something recently that you have learned as a business owner, as a leader, as a man, uh, talk to the people out there. Like, let us know, like some of the things that you've been working through or that you've learned recently. I would have to say that one of the biggest things that I've learned as far as in business, and you're going to learn different things in different seasons. Uh, but one of the biggest things that I've learned is the fact that there's different forms of leadership hmm. and in different seasons, you have to morph and adapt to, using those forms of leadership. Um, for example, in, in a certain season, right, a certain time with the people that you're leading or the people in your organization or however, whatever, 
um, you may be a little bit softer, a little bit more empathetic, mm-hmm. right? Listening to them. Um, and that may be the shoulder to lean on and those things that that may be what's needed in that season, right? Because it's a very rough season for the majority of people, things are going on. And so maybe that tough love isn't the way to go, but then there is a time for that tough love. And when it's time to move into the season of tough love, you have to elevate yourself and be prepared to move into that season. Um, and so I've just been dealing with that recently myself and just focusing on being in the right season and, and, you know, making sure that I'm tuned in and honed in on the things that that's needed from a leader and the way to lead, um, not only just by example, but also the best way to get the best out of your people. And mm-hmm. so um, that's one thing I've learned in business or that I've been actually like focusing in on most recently is being the leader that's needed for that season. Mm, I love that. So let me, let me ask you something. So we love to talk about, we usually like, we like to use sports as an analogy on this podcast, yeah. right? We like to talk about, Jeremiah is the MJ guy. I'm a Kobe guy. We like to talk about, you know, a bunch of different athletes on here. Uh, a couple of different leaders that we like, you know, Kobe, Mike, they didn't seem like they had that mindset where it was different seasons to how you communicate with people. Right. Do you feel like, and we can, we can go back and forth on this because it could be a bad thing or it could be a good thing. You look at it from a good perspective, like, Hey, they were hard on their teammates, yeah. but they won five, six championships. Right. But on the flip side, maybe they didn't have the best relationship with their teammates. So right. talk to us about that perspective and maybe like, I, I, cause I know you study Kobe MJ. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something that you notice and you're like, yo, I need to maybe like do that a little different. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I think, and Chris, you know this, one of the fundamental or baseline books that I read or that's always been like in my top books, right? And kind of something I live by is Relentless by Tim Grover. Uh, love that book. And it's probably just the basis of like the Mamba mentality. Um, MJ didn't have a name for his, but whatever that was, right? And it's just understanding where that switch is and that shadow self that you move in. And a lot of us, and I'm not saying nowhere near that I'm close to Kobe or or Michael. I, I'm not. But I do identify with their mentality because I, I live in that in that realm and like business. Right. I'm very uh, I'm super intense. I expect the standards I have for people are super, super high because I have them for myself. And, um, you know, I want excellence. But what I've come to learn is that, you know, in the grand scheme of life, would you rather be and this is and everybody's different. Right. Um, obviously, Michael and Kobe, extremely successful. And thank God I've been super successful, but there's a way to do things and there's a way not to do things and, and and everyone can choose. But I was thinking, is it, you know, is it Michael and Kobe or is it more LeBron? Mm. And people will say, well, LeBron doesn't, you know, he doesn't have the killer instinct. He didn't win the championships. He's kind of, you know, however, whatever. But in the grand scheme of life, who would you say is a better man? Who would you say more people would want to follow? Who would you actually want to hang around and take some advice from? Now, I think all of us would say we'd sit with Kobe, we'd sit with Mike, obviously, right? But who's more inviting? And I don't think that's a competition either. I think everyone would say LeBron, obviously, right? His teammates seem to have more fun playing with them, those type of things. And so it's it's a give and go. It's it's seasons. Um, and that's what I've learned to be. You got to be LeBron sometimes. And you got to make it fun for people. You got to encourage and uplift, right? And then there's other times that you got to be, you know, the Kobe or the Mike. And you got to find, and you have to make sure where that season is. They did it every single season. 
right? And and that cost them. I mean, you know, guys don't Scotty and Scotty and Mike don't talk now. And mm-hmm. probably a piece of that is some other craziness that go that's going on. Right, but right. a lot of it just has to do with Mike's, you know, um, there's some support and some things. Scotty said he didn't support him in the contract. And, uh, you know, so there's some things. And and then with, with Kobe, well, we saw that. Right. Kobe was greatness. But at the same time, nobody wants to hang out with Kobe. And so, you know, it's kind of just that. The balance, mm-hmm. that's really what it is and understanding in, in what season you have to do what. Now, we did see now. Hang on. We did mm-hmm. see Kobe oh, change. You saw Mike change as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Mike came into the league. It was just him. He was going to score 60, 70 points. He won scoring titles. He like all that, right? But he didn't win until he started to trust his teammates. Kobe, Kobe had Shaq. <laughs> Shaq takes up quite a bit. Of, you know, I mean, but, um, and then you saw in the last two championships, Kobe trusting his teammates and he had very inferior teammates. Right. And that says a lot about him. And so I think they showed they showed a little bit of the season. Right. You saw them move into it, maybe just not as much as we think about them being that killer. A hundred percent. And you know what's crazy now that I'm now that you said that I'm kind of thinking about Braun and you can kind of argue he's done the same thing. But on the flip. Yeah. So maybe towards the tail end of his career, he's not taking as much as the BS. He's only got a couple more years. Sure. putting pressure on the, the front organization. And yep. for the people listening to this, it's not a sports podcast. It's not that, but the principles yes. right, that we're talking about, how to communicate with your team members, how to communicate with your family is what we're speaking on, right? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to study these athletes and these different leaders at a high level and see how they're leading their team. And like I said, you can kind of argue that for LeBron towards the end. I, agree. I, I, still, I still won't say that he has that like killer, like MJ or Mike, but you can no. see that his he 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 has a lot less you know patience for sure. waiting around for a championship or championship caliber team, I should say. I agree, I agree. I, I now that you brought it up, I mean it is true. He's he's been a lot less jovial these past couple of you know years and saying, hey, look, it's getting close. We got it's like kind of like you know now or never, and so. People do that in their business and in their lives as well, right? I believe that uh, sometimes maybe you start off on the opposite side and then you learn to move into this space. Uh, so it's really just your preference. And it's really just depending upon you and what your season is in your life and who you, who's around you. And that kind of determines which which way you move. So yeah, something I've been okay. studying. I, okay. I think that's a good analogy, though, all, those, all three of them and the way that they approach the game. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's really fascinating even to take a step back and look at, okay, not only the players, how they led, but the coaches of Phil Jackson or a Pat Riley, how their leadership style and how they manage these different egos, right? Yeah. So interesting stuff. Love it. Um, those of you that don't know yeah. what we're talking about, go to YouTube and study the names. Just yeah, just Pat study Riley. The name. Bill Jackson, Michael Jordan, if maybe you're too young. And then, of course, everyone knows Kobe. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah, 100%. Transitioning a little bit, um, I mentioned that if you guys didn't see on Instagram, I was recently in New York. At Congratulations, a by the way, bro. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah. It is an honor. Yeah. I, I felt great for you seeing that i was proud of you man i told you that and i'm you know i want to publicly say that i was super proud of you bro so congratulations 
A hundred percent. I hope that maybe you felt, you know, a little like power for yourself as well. We're just giving of each course. other's flowers back and forth on this episode. But no, I mean, but you got to do that. When someone yeah, yeah. accomplishes something, your brother accomplishes something, right? That, like you said, that's you up there. It's a representation of yourself. If you can't see yourself in your brother, then there's probably some envy or something behind mm -hmm. that. So no, a hundred percent. I'm happy yeah. for where we started and where we're going, you know, yeah. so for sure. A hundred percent. So uh, the Futuro conference, uh, I was invited out to uh, moderate one of the panels, like I said, breaking into wealth. I was on stage with uh, five un five other entrepreneurs, all completely different industries. Like it was yeah. really fascinating to be up there with everybody. I could have honestly, I only had 45 minutes, but I could have been up there for two hours. Like I had hella questions to ask. I really wanted to dive deep, but the uh, response that I got afterwards, everybody said I did good. I don't know if they were just like bigging me up, showing me love, but uh, it's it's funny. I have to throw this out there. Like immediately, this is just the way I am. Immediately after I got off stage, I went to my wife. I was like, how did I do? Give me, tell me the truth. <laughs> tell me the real. And it's funny because while I was on stage, she was texting me like, yo, stop doing this with your mic. So my wife is very much so like she wants me to do good and she's always looking after me. So shout out to her for looking out. But um, all that, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. All, and all I know you did that because you do that all the across time. the board, <laughs> across the board. <laughs> we go, we're going to talk, bro. Like, and, it, and I know you did it because you do it immediately. So I yeah. like, you know, how people say stuff and it's not true. Like, I know you did that. Yeah, That's no, hundred percent. But I did ask my wife, and she'll. And the thing about it is, she tells me the truth. So, and I say all that to say, um, the audience got some. I got good feedback from the audience that the conversation was good. You know, we had an individual up there that was talking about how she built her wealth with her nine to five. Uh, we had somebody up there that uh, was speaking about how they pay down their debt and how they leverage not having debt and using that extra capital to invest in their 401k and yeah. invest in index funds and different yeah. stocks and what and whatnot. Mm -hmm. We had somebody up there that um, owns their own tequila brand, their own coffee brand. Mm -hmm. So just really inspiring to be up there and to be around those other entrepreneurs, great networking opportunity. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up is kind of talk about some of the things that I took away from the event and the biggest thing that I took away from being on stage with these other entrepreneurs and just being in the room is um, the the power of obsessing over one thing, which was it, it, now let me let me break this down. So I, I, I my guy Brandon Pena, who is the owner of Seven Eight Seven Coffee, has over twenty two locations in New York. Uh, Puerto Rico and all, all types of places, right? I assume he's Boricua with the 787. So he's not, but wow. his I think his business partner is. And the reason why they call it 787 is because um, they cultivate all their coffee and produce everything in Puerto Rico. All, the, distri all the distribution is in Puerto Rico, everything. Love. Buying the farmland, everything they hire. Um, the workers are local workers that live in Puerto Rico. So everything is done through Puerto Rico. Um, and his obsession over coffee in itself was just unbelievable to hear him talk about. Like the passion 
that he has for a coffee bean is just next level. Another individual who is Puerto Rican um, started Yave Tequila. Um, his obsession over tequila and making the best tequila was just second to none, right? So you have these people over here that are just solely obsessed with this thing and just being the best at it. And it kind of goes back to the beginning of the conversation with Mike, Kobe, Phil Jackson being the best at their craft and even something we're trying to do as well. Uh, that was one of the biggest takeaways, you know, obsessing over that one thing and just nothing else. Like the gentleman was like, yo, I don't, I don't know nothing but coffee. That's it. I don't know nothing but tequila and how to, how to like bring people together and have a good time. This is all I know. And they have clearly succeed, succeeded and excelled in their industry doing that. I think that that's something that you and I have talked about previously with myself. You were like, bro, you got to do it. I was like, nah, this is what <laughs> we've talked about it. Like literally like, bro, I am obsessed about being um, the most knowledgeable Latino in the financial realm. I am mm -hmm. obsessed about that. I hear a lot of people. I hear a lot of things and like, you know, but I told you, I'm like, I'm obsessed with that. You're like, bro, you got to chill. I'm like, nah, mm -hmm. I'm, just, I'm doing this stuff when it's, you know, when it's not popular, when you spoke to it earlier, but that's, I identify with that. And I know you identify with that with the podcasting because not just that, but even like marketing and, and building this thing out to creating something, um, the focusing on being better, like 1%, we always talk about it mm -hmm. than the day before, like that 1% better. For you, it's the marketing and you focus in it. For me, it's the financial. And you know, we come together and it's just, you know, it's a, it's, it's a great mix. Right. I think that that's, man, that's crazy. I wanted to ask you all that information that you heard and that you learned, because this is something that you're really great at, bro. Um, you do great research and then you ask great, you know, questions that cultivate the conversation. And so with all those different industries, did you find it a little difficult to do that research, like dig into all those different industries and then f still find a way to make it, uh, you know, uh, palatable? The conversation yeah, yeah. is still, you know what I mean? So yes and no, because I've like, when it comes to one-on-one -on -one interviews, I'm gonna kill it every time. Like I am yeah. super confident. There's five other people on stage. I think the most difficult part of that was giving everybody playing time, hmm. giving everybody the rock, giving everybody the ball to talk, yeah. right? Yeah. So the way I broke that down is I think I had to break it down from a holistic view and say, okay, what do I want to talk about? We're talking about breaking into wealth. So the first thing I asked everybody on stage was, what does wealth mean to you? Hmm. And everybody spoke about like family, like, you know, what it means to them personally, not just a dictionary definition, right. but personally. From there, I wanted to revolve the conversation around, okay, what is your, what was your relationship with money and what is it now? So everybody's talking about like, yo, like the traumas they've had or the things that they went through to get to where they're at. All right. So we talked about the relationship. Now let's talk about the mindset needed to receive wealth and to have a successful business and whatnot. And then from there, we give practical steps on how you can get to the bag. So whether it's like, yo, VC funding or getting it out the mud and like scraping up $20,000 for your business or, you know, whatever the case is, how can you get to the bag? So that's how I structured it. And then from there, I just let it flow. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, I wish I had two hours on stage with these people, but 
um, I would say, again, the hardest part for me was just making sure everybody had some playing time. That's, a, you know, obviously another reference to being the point guard, right? Yeah. 100%. On a team, on a squad that's full of just, you know, killers and you got to try oh, to figure yeah. out which, you know, oh, yeah. who's who's on tonight, who needs to, you know, so yeah, that that's for sure. I mean, I could see that being difficult. I know you do the research and I know you, you know, like you said, you kill the one-on-ones. And so it was just five individual one-on-ones. I mm-hmm. like, that's kind of how you looked at it and you gave everybody. So, you know, I, I, man, I know you killed it. I saw portions of it that you had posted and stuff. And I was just like, man, I know he's, he's up there yeah. running it. Yeah, I got to. And you know what? I, I will say shout out to everybody that came out. You know, it's a beautiful thing when, it, it felt really like a community of people coming together and wanting to learn about wealth. And there was other panels, you know, talking about other things and whatnot, mental health, uh, being a creative and whatnot. My panel is specifically wealth and business. Um, but it's a beautiful thing to see our people coming together. You know, everybody was pretty much from New York. Um, but it, like I said, a beautiful thing to see everybody come together as a community and just genuinely want to learn and just, coming up to me afterwards and just asking questions and just asking other people questions, like wanting to know more about what they did. So yeah, man, I, uh, I was talking to the individuals that like ran the whole thing and he's like, yo, we gotta, we gotta do more of these things. And like, I'm like, let me know because I have folks that are ready on go that are ready to add value that, you know, can, can really impact the community tremendously. I love to hear stuff like that. Cause that's inspiring hearing about, you know, us coming into a place and, you know, we talked about uh, InvestFest, obviously, but it's good to see on our side individually, seeing Latinos being able to come together, gather that information and hopefully start to implement it. So, yeah, yeah, 100 um, percent. Let's transition a little bit and hit on the topic that we've been teasing the whole episode. Yeah, uh, man, this is Jeremiah sent this to me and this makes this puts a smile on my face. It makes me happy. 52 of 52% of Hispanic and Latina women investors are more confident about their money than five years ago. As you guys know, the Hispanic population in the United States has been one of the fastest growing demographics over the past two decades. And uh, Hispanic women, um, their median in- income annual salary is around $39,000 compared to the median income of a white woman, which is $55,000, which is crazy. But over the past five years, Hispanic women, over 52% have been more confident in their money and investing. And that to me, to both of us, that that's a step in the right direction. I think that's really a testament to, um, I, I th- the quote I pulled from the article was, they the lady said, why do we invest? Uh, because they see it as a way to support their family and support their community and support their um, their 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 friends and whatnot. So Latinas, they have that selfless mindset where they want to help other people and they're putting that mindset into investing and business and whatnot, which is one of the best places to put it at. I think that for the most part, you know, like you like you said, if you think about a um, a Latin mother, just the love that she gives. Um, the amount of, you know, her heart that she has for her children, you know, and, and, and just literally fierce lioness do anything necessary. And now they're just pointing that energy in the direction of actually being able to say, hey, I'm putting something towards the future, not just the care and the love to nurture my mm-hmm. children, 
and my grandkids, but actually I'm putting my money where my mouth is and I'm, you know, I'm starting to find those ways to invest in things that we're comfortable in. Now, I will say this. I think that the implementation of social media and where technology has taken it in these amount of years, you start to see people that look like you and speak your language, um, speaking more about wealth and how you can connect that to the relatability to say that someone looks like me. Right. And they they're giving examples of how to grow your money or how to take these things, where to invest in things that are close to home. And so mm-hmm. I think that that plays a big part of it. The expansion and the growth of social media definitely helps us because we're on there. And but then you start to see people that look like you instead of other people. Right. And so it, it encourages you to go ahead mm-hmm. to say that you could do it, too. A hundred percent. And it's crazy because I've spoke about this a couple of times where you know, as someone that started the podcast and was looking for people to get on here and looking to like kind of diversify the people we have on the platform, it was easy for me to find Latinas in the financial space. Like the first 20 episodes could have been all Latinas in the financial space. And I'm like, damn, like, where's the guys at? And you've heard me speak about that. Um, Even a podcast I was on, um, she even asked me like, yo, where is the guys talking about business and entrepreneurship? There's not nearly as many as women. So it's it's very fascinating to see the statistics and we can see it firsthand where we're not going to sit here and say we're the only guys talking about it, but there's not very many of us, not very many Latino men talking about, you know, entrepreneurship and business and whatnot. Yeah, I agree. I think that a lot of that has to do with um, our slow transition into the space. A lot of us are, are uh, or when you talk about business, right? A lot of us are in the tertiary, which is like service field of things. You know, we're very hard workers, right? Latinos are very men. We're very hard workers. Now we just have to translate that, you know, into the into a space of using our brains. Work that same amount of energy into the financial space because it is a void. I think that I see and I do agree. And we've talked about this several times. There's a whole bunch of women that are starting businesses and growing. And now the stats back it up. But we need more Latino men to get into the, the realm of wealth and, and, you know, financial services and these things and, and start to create, you know, more of that uh, that growth on the on the male side, man, which is weird. Right. Because it's kind of like opposite in other cultures. Yeah, but in ours, we need the men to come in here and, and get it yeah. going. No, yeah. it's very interesting that you say that. And this will be one of the last points I bring up is I think as Latino men, we have that mindset where we think we can build wealth physically and with our hands and yeah. wealth is built with your mind. If you look at Correct. the successful people, the wealthy people, they sit back and they just thinking most of the day and then they make a moves and tell right. people to do that, that, this and that. Well, they're not necessarily out there doing labor work, which I don't want to be insensitive about that. But that's not necessarily what wealth is created at. I mean, at the end of the day, right, it's always going to take some mind power, because even if you can construct things with your hands, you still have to have plans to construct those things with your hands. Right. Right. And then if you grow a business and you're building something that's physical labor, at some point you have to scale it. You have to learn how to scale and how to apply business principles to grow that company. And so at the end of the day, someone's going to have to have some type of mindset or growth within their development, you know, in their in their mind, or else you'll just stay where you're at. And I'm not saying that we don't do that either, but it's all about like legitimizing it, getting into the spaces, um, and then not only accomplishing whatever we start to accomplish as Latino men, but also sharing that knowledge. 
because the women are always sharing. I mean, your interviews, right, have been majority women and they're in the space and they're willing to share. And then they get intimate, they tell what their life and then they come and they give clues, tell you the books and if they're not writing them themselves. Right. And so you see all these different things and they're giving that information. So we also have to get in here and then share and bring our brothers up. Mm -hmm. 100% love that. Um, Anything else on that topic before we wrap it up? No, I just, uh, I, you know, like we said, we want to make sure that we give the flowers to our Latino women that are out here represented yeah. super strong, salute, um, salute. you know, fierce out here conquering and just continue to do your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, ladies, full support. You know, obviously, yeah, we talked about the men, but just want to say, keep doing what you're doing. Keep growing, spreading the word, keep getting other sisters to come in there and, and do their thing. So shouts out to them. Shout out to them. Love it. And with that being said, this is a Latin Wells podcast. If you guys can do us a huge favor. Share this episode with just one other person. We're not going to make you share it with five, three, five people. I know Jeremiah wants you to do that, but just one person. That's it. Hit that. Hit those three dots. Hit the share button. Text it to somebody. Drop it in a Facebook group message. Whatever you have to do. This is great information. Share this with one other person that needs to hear this episode. It's the Latin Walls family. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace.